Hi, welcome to the Relative Healers Podcast. I'm Hannah, licensed acupuncturist and daughter. And I'm Heather, yoga and breathwork teacher and mom. We are both empaths. We are both wisdom keepers. We are both healers. We have loved and fought and forgiven and healed. Through mending our hearts and our bond, we have created familial healing in the generations that came before and that will come after us. We hope our conversations here will help you transform yourself, your bonds, and your family lineage. We are very grateful that you are here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Relative Healers podcast. We're so excited to be sharing yet another juicy, um, deep, exciting, challenging topic with you today. Yeah. So today's topic is going to be all about people pleasing. Um, Hannah and I, when we talk about what we want to address and chat about in our conversations on the podcast, we're realizing that through our goal and our desire to um, break cycles in our family, that we're different patterns are starting to come up that we see aren't necessarily serving ourselves as individuals, serving our relationship as mother-daughter, and also serving our family line. So today we're going to dive into the concept of people-pleasing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that people-pleasing is defined, there's, there's different definitions of it, you know, in terms of um, when you look online or people discuss it, you know, in therapy or in scenarios like that. For me, people pleasing, it's funny, one of the first thing, one of my favorite quotes that a teacher of mine had once said is, people pleasers are liars. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that's kind of intense. And I, I was like, is that a little judgmental? And then I thought about it and she kind of went further into it and explained. And she's like, no, they're liars because they're not speaking their truth. They're like willing to kind of shape shift and, and do whatever it is that they need to do to make other people happy to, you know, please essentially to please other people. And so they're not doing what they want to do at all. And they're not saying how they actually feel. And does that not make you a liar in a, a little bit at least? And I was like, yeah, because they're not being honest with themselves and they're yeah. not being honest with how they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's something, you know, right off the bat that I thought was an interesting thing. That's always stuck with me when I think about people pleasing. That's great. Um, what teacher was that? Um, was it like a college teacher or a high school teacher? No, no. I, she has a podcast. Um, uh, it's the life, the life coach school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I used to listen to her all the time and, and she has a lot of really, really interesting things to say. Um, but she does a lot on people pleasing and, you know, for, for me, and I'm sure, you know, we're going to dive into this more. It's the biggest thing for me, you know, growing up and then as, in my adult life that I've been working on undoing is not being afraid of people being mad at me. Cause I think for me, that's my, like, not that I'm don't feel like I have a voice or that I, you know, don't have opinions, and I I have found over time that I might just not share an opinion or say, you know, I'm just letting it go. It's fine, whatever. You know, I'm so flexible. 
Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. And, and, and going. So, yeah, easygoing, whatever, like go with the flow. And sometimes that is true. You know, in certain scenarios, somebody might have a really strong opinion and I really don't have a strong opinion about something. So I'm, I'm cool with it. And there's also a lot of times over the course of my life when I have had a strong opinion about something, my intuition has been saying, no, fuck that. That's not what I want to do. Or that's not how I feel about this. Or I feel strongly about X, Y, Z. And I've shied away, you know, but you, you can even hear that energy in my voice. There's, there's a strong opinion here, but then I shy away because, Mm -hmm. because, oh, but wait, what if I put myself out there and I get rejected or somebody leaves me or, you know, there's conflict that I don't know how to handle or, you know, deal with in a healthy, productive way. And so it's just going to blow up and end in chaos and leave me hurt. So it's just easier to back backtrack a little bit and just say, oh, it's all good, you know, whatever. And then that leads to resentment, not trusting your intuition, feeling mad at yourself for not actually saying what you wanted, ending up in scenarios that deplete me, exhaust me, make me feel like, you know, no, nothing nothing is right as I want it to be. And that just, that kind of little arc that I just said is, I think the, everybody is different, but for me, that has been a typical people-pleasing arc that, you know, and it could happen in five seconds in my brain, right. but that's kind of the the whole loop from start to finish that starts with a scenario, ends with a scenario, and in in the middle, it's everything that's going on in my head and just me kind of betraying myself over and over again. Yes, yes. And betraying yourself, that's a really good way because it's not just you know, being a liar and, or not being honest, but it's, it's a betrayal of, of ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it's a betrayal of trusting our intuition that, you know, we have that gut feeling, um, and that, and that putting ourselves first and choosing things that serve us is not selfish. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I read a book recently that I think I shared with you about, you know, growing up as women in the patriarchy. So, you know, we can draw a line, we can draw lines in our families to, you know, who taught us to be a people pleaser. Um, But then we have to remember that those people were also, are also functioning within the patriarchy. That Mm -hmm. as women, you know, we're told, I mean, I remember saying to you and Chloe, like, be good girls, you know, say please and thank you, you know, don't say that, don't upset the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I had learned that and also um, that's what society tells us, you know, just yeah. like society tells our boys not to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, the people pleasing came from, I think I have a different arc than you. Mm-hmm. I think I grew up with this um, strong message that there was a lot of turmoil and a lot of um, dysregulation of emotions in my family of origin. And so it was just better to be quiet and to not voice um, discord to keep the peace. So it was like almost like a peacekeeping versus like a people pleasing. 
mm-hmm. but it was the same. It, it had the same impact on me, you know, that, that mm-hmm. I was stuffing down what I needed to say in order to keep that peace. Yeah. You were, you were smoothing the waters. I was shying away. Yes. Kind of thing. So different energy, but same end result. <laughs> Yeah. But also fearing the, the conflict, you know, we, mm-hmm. we can, we can probably have that be the mirror of people pleasing is um, f- fearing, avoiding conflict. Like it's easier to just say, this isn't bothering me mm-hmm. than, than to actually voice our truth and, and not know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so do you remember the first time that you recognized that you were ignoring your inner voice and like feeling that arc? Oh God. Um, I don't know if there was like a specific, t- I wish I could say like, yes, this was the yeah. moment. I, I think you know, how old do you think you were when you started to become aware of this concept? I mean, I think I feel like in college, I started to notice, I think just as you get older and you get a better sense of who you are and what you like and what you don't like, and and you start to, the the more you love yourself, I think self-love is a huge, huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to people pleasing. But I think the more awareness just I gained over time, but even after college, honestly, I feel like is when that or even in the last, honestly, I, I feel like I knew about this concept for many years, but it's only been in the last like five years or so that I have really dug into it and like really and decided started. to please yourself. Yeah. No, because yeah. even, even in grad school, I was people pleasing. Like it was, it was crazy, but, but it's funny because as I've gotten older, I could recognize the concept, recognize that I was doing it, but still Mm-hmm. not really do anything about it. Be like, yeah. Yeah. People pleasing again. There it All is. Right, cool. <laughs> hey, but awareness, awareness is the first step to taking action, it right? It is. So, so let's dig into a time when you were, I think you were in third grade and we lived in a house out in the country and we had a hot tub in the backyard. And I don't remember what the theme of your party was every year. The girls There's had theme. you know, big themes, big birthday cakes, big birthday parties. It was like, I had friends who gave their kids birthday parties like every four years. And I was like, how did you get to do that? Like, <laughs> we always just love celebrating you guys. So, um, so you were making your birthday list and you did not have one of my friends um, daughters on the list. And I said to you, Hannah, you have to invite, you know, Susie, her name wasn't Susie for privacy sake. Um, and you said, I don't want to, she's mean to me. She isn't nice to me. I don't want her at my party. And I, and, and I said, no, you're going to invite her because I didn't want to make this mom who I didn't realize at the time was, you know, somebody who I did not have an authentic relationship with. And I was trying to get her to like me. Mm. And so I was squashing your um, intuition and your right to have at your birthday party, the people who you felt safe around. And do you remember what happened at that birthday party? 
if I remember correctly, she was just a little shit starter. Like she, I don't remember, like she was, she was walking around on the top of the hot tub and was just causing yeah. trouble and was, was mean to me at my party. And yeah. 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 And, and, and I don't remember when we had a conversation about this, but I know at the time I did not see the damage, the violence that I was like perpetrating on, on you at that time. No, like, don't, yeah. don't, don't minimize it. Like it was, yeah. it was a big deal. You mm -hmm. said no to me. You were when setting she up. Bullied, she bullied me for many years and, and, and on the and, bus and in school. And yeah. 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 And I knew that. Yeah. You know, I knew that this child wasn't nice to you and I still, and so in terms of patterning, you mm -hmm. know, what did that teach you? What was I teaching you in not trusting in <laughs> your voice? Yeah. I mean, it's, are you like asking me? Or I mean, I think it's always more. I was teaching you to question. people, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say people, please. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, but again, put yourself second, but again, like that's what you were taught, you know? And so that's why it's so great that, you know, we're having these conversations now because there's, there's recognition that for, for both of us and, and how we've both lived our lives for a significant period of time that is, like we, like we keep saying the, the cycle breakers, the period cycle breakers, um, we are shifting that and, you know, moving forward in the next generation, you know, no matter what gender child I have, I will, you know, you can teach your child to be kind to others without telling them to let go of what they want in service of other people all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And how does it make you feel now as a 31 year old woman, daughter, um, you know, future mother to hear your mother? Well, first of all, I want to say, I'm really sorry that. Thanks. That I didn't listen to you. Mm -hmm. um, how does it feel for you to have me apologize for something um, and take responsibility for that act that, you know, was so not loving of you. I mean, for me, that feels like total release of any resentment I might've held on to in regards to that, or, or just in regards to people pleasing in general, because I know that, you know, in the past I've had resentment about like, oh, I learned this from you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, so that's also putting that on you. So me taking responsibility for my own people pleasing as an adult and also hearing you apologize for something like that, it gives me just so much compassion for you and what you've been through and like how how you grew up as a people pleaser and, and your recognition of that. Like that's just, it's kind of like everything a daughter would ever wanna hear and when it comes to something that, you know, they felt hurt about because, you know, I can't tell you how many friends I have who have significant challenge from their mothers at, or with their relationship with their mothers. And, you know, over the years, we've talked about our challenge with our mothers. Mm -hmm. And I think the number one thing that 
has been said across the board is, God, I just wish that she could see my perspective and that, you know, maybe someday she could not even apologize, but just understand where I'm coming from and, and see that just because she's the mother doesn't mean she knows mm. everything. And that I'm, because oftentimes it's like, well, I'm the parent, you're the child, you just need to learn. And, and, you know, parents do know more than their children, you know, they've lived long for a very short for a very short time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and also just parents recognizing that they are, that everyone is imperfect and that we're all a work in progress and we're all learning to undo patterning from, from our past, from our childhood. I think that's the the greatest gift you can give your child is to other than loving them unconditionally is to be willing to apologize to them and, and treat them with respect. And, and cause to me, that's very respectful is like, I understand that you were hurt by this. I'm going to apologize to you. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions and say, you know, I'm human. So I might, you know, mess up in the future. We all can, but I, I see your feelings and acknowledge them. And that is, you know, profound in building a relationship, which doesn't need people pleasing, because if you can have that kind of conversation with someone and have an open dialogue about your feelings and come to some sort of peace resolution, just sense of trust and safety, then there's no need for, for the people pleasing aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it requires a lot of self-awareness, you know, now as a 58 year old, I can totally recognize, you know, that, that the issues that I had with low self-esteem and, um, you know, just wanting to feel valued because I wasn't giving myself those things. Yeah. And I hadn't discovered the practices, you know, yoga, meditation, acupuncture, you know, and now breath work that, um, that take down the, the false beliefs, the patriarchal messages, the family mm-hmm. conditioning to truly, like you said before, love myself, mm-hmm. because if I loved myself <laughs> when you were in third grade and you were saying that, that I would just only want to give you a loving situation, yeah, but be like, okay. She's not invited. Yeah, but the, <laughs> the power of my insecurity and needing that mom to like me as if that was going to sustain me. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not even, I don't even know this person anymore. Yeah. And I, and I sacrificed you because I didn't know and love myself. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is a significant, you know, pattern that we can, um, that we can become aware of and do work on and heal so that, um, these, these kinds of things, because it's, it's from those spaces of not loving ourselves mm-hmm. that we can create the greatest hurt. Yeah. 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 So what would you say are like, if someone is totally new to this idea of people pleasing practice of it, you know, they might say, okay, yeah, this resonates with me. I definitely, I think I struggle with this. You're like, oh my God, I do that every day. Every day, crap. (laughs) Like, where do I begin? What are, you know, what's what's one thing that I can do? One or two things that I can do to 
start creating small shift for myself in this way? Like what, what would you recommend? Well, I think that, I think we, every single day we have, life is just a a myriad of choices, right? You wake up in the morning and you choose to look at your phone. You choose to have coffee. You choose to go running. You choose to hit snooze and sleep more. And then all throughout the day, you know, we're choosing, choosing, choosing. And I think a lot of times we're not mindful in our choice making. And, and we're also throughout the day being, you know, like there are choices that are just made because, okay, I woke up. What am I going to do? That's a choice that like is being generated just within me. But then there's choices. Do you want to go out to this bar? Do you like choices that are coming from outside of us? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go running? Do you want to go to the donut shop? Do you want to, um, do you want to go out with this person? And I think if we were more mindful in our choices and slowed down and really tuned in, like I start a lot of my yoga classes with tuning into yourself because I feel like we're not tuned into ourselves so much of life. And I definitely was not tuned in before I practice yoga that we can listen to our bodies. Like you were eight years old and your body was saying, no, hell no. If we tune into our bodies, our bodies will tell us the yes or the no, or the this or the that. Our bodies have all the wisdom. And so I think just starting small and when a choice, especially from an outside person, because, you know, if I choose to look at my phone versus, you know, meditate, that's just affecting me. Um, which is important, but if someone, if someone is asking you something, notice if your immediate reaction is yes, and then sit with that. Why am I saying yes? Do I want to do that? Is that something that is going to like light me up, fill up my soul? I'm going to come away because this person I feel like is there for me as a good listener. This is an activity that I want to do. It's not going to drain me. But listen for that, if that's there, if that like, I really don't want to do this, Mm -hmm. try saying no. Mm -hmm. The power of putting ourselves first. Mm -hmm. But the only way we can do that is to tune in. And and honestly, you just have to start somewhere. And, you know, I, I think that a big a big jump for people and a a big thing that holds people back from saying no is with certain relationships. Like there are certain friendships that I have that I know if I say no, they're like, all right, cool. Like do you girl. And it's totally symbiotic and there is no concern about that at all. And there are other relationships where And that's something to tune into as well is if you have a friendship where, because I think it's, you know, I think it's sometimes easier in partnership, hopefully, or family dynamics, you know, certain, depending on how your relationships are, there's, there's certain people who, you know, it's easy to say no to, it's easy to have your boundaries, whatever, but there are going to be certain relationships. It could be family. It could be a partner. It could be a friendship where you Anytime they ask you to do something, if the uh, 
feeling comes up additionally because you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. But if I say no, they're going to get mad at me, that kind of thing. That's something to notice too. And not to say that you have to like drop that person out of your life, but that might be something to, they might be a really good person to practice on. Mm-hmm. And it might, be, mm-hmm. it might be challenging and it might unearth some things that, you know, maybe are, there's an opportunity to heal in that relationship for you, for them, for both people individually. And something that's really important to remember that I've been learning over time is if someone is going to give you shit because you're saying no to take care of yourself, that person has their own work to do. Right. Right. It's a trigger point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, you definitely know the people who, when you say, you know, I had this plan, but now, you know, to please you, I could go, even though I'm feeling exhausted, I mm-hmm. know that I need to take some self-care time. You know, those people who would be like, you know, good for you. Like, mm-hmm. I am so proud of you and yeah. not take it personally. Like, I'll miss you, but do you, you know, we'll do something another time. Whereas I feel like if you have those people in your life who you, you know, you treasure and you love, but they, they kind of, you know, can be a little reactive. It's probably coming from a place of like, just like I was when you were in, you know, in third grade, Mm -hmm. it's probably coming from a place of insecurity and your no is rubbing up against their, oh, what if they don't like you? Yeah. They, yeah. They, and they need that. Yes. Not because they need to go out and have that drink, but because they're not tuning in and loving on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so that would be all of that, just all of that to say long-winded way of saying like what you just said about tuning into yourself, my kind of compliment um, advice piece would be tuning into yourself and tuning into those interactions with with those you know people in your life that might be challenging and constantly reminding yourself every everyone is reflecting how they feel and how their internal state is out into the world all the time and so mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. shit is good in you if you're feeling good if like you're good with yourself you're taking care of yourself all of that that is going to be reflecting out into the world and so remembering that like if someone is going to be kind of upset at you or coming at you or you know having difficulty when you just say no because you're trying to take care of yourself remember that's like their little heart box that's shining out and clearly there's something going on there with them and that's a space where you can drop into compassion for them Mm -hmm. and also I want to follow up with you know when we were talking about you know the importance of apologizing you know, and the magic of apologizing. If we can say any advice to our listeners, yeah. apologize to your moms and apologize to your daughters. Mm-hmm. More importantly, moms, apologize to your daughters. It is the most important thing that you can teach your children, mm-hmm. boys and girls, right? Because they're going to grow up to know that they can apologize. And it doesn't mean that they're bad people if they've made a mistake. And so if you lapse at your people pleasing pattern, forgive yourself, mm-hmm. you know, forgive yourself. You know, like Hannah said, we're all a work in progress. And so, yes, yeah, sometimes 
we can do a really good job in curbing that people pleasing. And then if we are not in self-care mode, if we're worn down, if we're, you know, if we've just had a big interaction with someone in a relationship and we're feeling maybe a little shaky, you know, just to apologize to yourself as well as to other yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So did you want to share um, a more recent um, story where um, people pleasing came up in our relationship? So we've shared that story from when you were eight and I kind of described that. Yeah. So um, something that came up recently. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, um, how many years ago was it? It was when I first moved to Baltimore. So it was probably, probably about four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was it, yeah. Then? Okay. it was back then. Um, and I just started my other podcast practically well. And I had posted, I had one of my, I think it was one of my first episodes or it was pretty, pretty early on. I had shared an episode where I was talking about my, I think it was about my childhood abuse. And it, it was just kind of talking about familial stuff in general. And so I had mentioned my mom, I had brought up something about her, but it wasn't like the theme of the podcast or anything, but, um, it, you know, but we definitely had an interaction. Um, she had written to me and, you know, said, I, I, you know, respect how you feel, but I, you know, don't want this out there. I don't want people to be, you know, seeing me as that kind of person, that kind of mother, you know, I would appreciate it if you would take it down. Um, let me know your thoughts. And I said, no, <laughs> I no, said, not at first. I did I not say no at first? No, you did not. At what first, what did I you, say? I forgot first, then. No, no. At first, you said okay, and you took it down, and then you sat with it. You tuned in. I forgot that, about that part. And that, and that oh, rage man. and that like no hell no, like you know you you, you came up against your people pleasing. Your immediate yeah. reaction was to please me, and then and then you came back to me, and um. And it all came back to the same place that mm -hmm. I felt insecure that people would see me like, how are people seeing me? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was at the time, you know, feeling that in my body, like people are going to judge me because it went back to what we talked about in the first episode that I wanted to be the perfect mom. Mm. And I don't put out there in the world that I wasn't the perfect mom. It's going to, the whole thing is going to shatter. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, news alert. I wasn't the perfect mom, <laughs> but my 31 year old daughter and I have a beautiful relationship. Um, yep. You don't have to be a perfect mom. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you, you pushed up against that. Um, you know, it, it took you a little while. It took you about yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. So, and then I, and then I wrote, I wrote back and, and it's funny, I, I will give my, my partner, Sean, massive credit in this example and in life in general, because he has the best boundaries of anyone I know. And I remember when this happened, I had said, I was like, I told him what happened. And he goes, I love your mom, but this is your life. And this is your podcast. And you can say whatever the oh, fuck God. you want. And I was yes. like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're with Sean. Amen. Uh, but yeah, it, but that was, he, he in many ways has really, and I said, you know, in the last five years, I've really undone a lot of my people pleasing 
I've been dating him almost four. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. sometimes having somebody in your life to reflect back what's going on yes. can be very enlightening, very illuminating and, and help you to not like do it for you. Cause obviously I've done the work for myself, no, but show you another way. Yeah. To show me and to be an, be an example of what is possible and that you can, you can undo something like this, or there is another way to think about it. And, you know, it might get a little messy in the beginning as you're trying to kind of figure it out and you might have to have some uncomfortable conversations. And mm-hmm. in the end, if they're a person that is someone you really want in your life and who is open to having that kind of conversation and apologizing or discussing or working through it, you will end up with much stronger relationships than you would ever have within the people pleasing realm that you were in before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kudos to Sean and, and, and we can just point out that that's not a pattern in his family that needs healing. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why it's so beautiful that we have all these different relationships to, to, like you said, reflect and to show, because he had no vested interest in pleasing me. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like he said, he loves me you know, I love him. We get along really well, but he doesn't have this pattern of, you mm-hmm. know, a lifetime of wanting to please me. And so he could just see it so objectively. Yeah. You know, it, there was no emotion there. It was just like, like black and white, like Hannah, yeah. do you. Yeah. Do what you you're, want. You're a freaking adult. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, and ironically, and that, and just the irony of this and the, the hypocrisy of it is that I've done my own public writing about my mother and got yeah. complete <laughs> flack about it, um, yeah. you know, because it rubbed up against her insecurity as mm-hmm. a human being, as a woman, mm-hmm. as a mom. And, um, and I felt the exact same way. Like, this is my journey. Be happy for me that I am, you know, doing this work and healing. Like, why can't mm-hmm. you see it from my perspective? Yeah. And um, that's something I guess as moms, uh, we need to work really hard at to remember yeah. that you know, we were once that age and mm-hmm. we, and that's, it's so easy to forget, Yeah, you know, what it's like to be a young girl, like, you know, and going through all the different changes, like you think to yourself, I'm going to remember when I wanted to dye my hair purple, you know, and but then you grow up and you're like, why the hell would you do that to your body? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then I had a husband, a partner who was like, honey, if they want to dye their hair purple, just let them. Like yeah. if you say no, they're it's going to want to make them want to do it more, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's why we have to partner with people who aren't just like us, you know, yeah. to, to challenge yeah. us. Yeah. 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 So how are you today? Would you say in your, um, in your people pleasing? In my people pleasing, I, I think I am better than I've ever been. Um, I think the main reason why I I feel exhausted now is because there's so many things that I want to do. Mm. I think I think that's that's yeah, my that's my challenge mm-hmm. these days is that there's there's so many people that I love in my life and there's so many fun things that I want to do and things that I want to experience and I think I want to do it all and so I think that's my my next wor- piece of work to do for myself is yeah. you um, have to please yourself. I, 
I think that I am actively practicing having hard conversations on a regular basis. And it has definitely, especially, especially recently started a lot of fires in my life and has been really hard on a few of my friendships because I am saying how I feel and I'm holding my boundaries about things. And I'm not just crumbling and saying that I don't care and just letting people walk all over me like I have in the past. And, you know, that has caused some challenge and some pain for me. And, but it's also been very illuminating in terms of who I do want to spend my time with, who my true friends are, how, and, and at the end of the day, even though it has caused some, you know, some pain and maybe some release of friendships over the you know past four years or so because it's happened over the past four years I also every time I make a choice like that it just feels like so good in my body even though it's painful because it might be ending a friendship or you know changing a friendship that maybe wasn't exactly what I wanted to begin with the the internal intuitive state of my being feels awesome and yeah and, you're strengthening and, your relationship with yourself yeah yeah and much truer to who I am than yeah. I've felt in a long time so beautiful I'm, Hannah. I'm actively practicing it man it's well and you know <laughs> the the wisdom um as a as a you know, we, we, we describe ourselves in our podcast as being both wisdom keepers, right? Mm-hmm. But I do have something on you and that is years. Mm-hmm. And when I was, when you were eight, I was just around your age, actually. I was 26. So I was 34. Um, oh you're going to be, turning, you're going to be turning 32. And the arc of life gives you that wisdom, even if you're not like actively seeking it out. And as I said, I'm no longer friends and I was never really friends with that woman. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in the midst of your, of the stages of like, they, like I just had lunch with um, my dear friend, Judith, and we were our Christmas lunch, our yearly Christmas lunch. And we re- realized that we are, we're 29 years long. We've been friends wow. for 29 years. Um, That's awesome. And that is such a gift, but it's, it's rare Mm -hmm. that we go through these phases of life and you have your, you know, your high school friends who you do drama with or dance with. And then you have your college friends who happen to be in your classes or you do a show with, and then you have what you're doing right now, your twenties friends. And then you, you know, if you decide to have a family, you have the parents who you meet through your kids. Um, Some friendships are circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Some friendships um, last a lifetime because they're like soul matches, Mm -hmm. but the relationship that you're going to have the longest is the relationship with yourself. Amen. And so learning to put yourself first, not for that person who you're probably not even going to remember their name in 30 years. (laughs) Um, and really finding practices that help you to release whatever is blocking you from loving and valuing yourself um, is the most important work that we can do because from that place of self-love, it sounds so cliche, but from that place of self-love is 
where all the magic of life can happen because that's what we can give out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so thank you listeners for listening to our um, respective journey um, journeys through our, our natural inclination to be pleasers because we're both sweet and we're both um, very loving and generous of heart. And I'm just so proud of you, Hannah, for doing the work and getting there so much sooner than I did, which to me is the perfect example that we have, um, that we're undoing this pattern. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you for doing this work to this day, you know, because there's plenty of people who, like I said, there's so many friends of mine who have said, Oh, well, I, I tell them this, this interaction that we have this relationship. And they say, wow, you're so lucky. Like my mom is stuck in her ways and she's not going to be getting there in this lifetime. And so, you know, I, I applaud you for doing this, this work, no matter what age or what year you are but always, always wanting to shift and undo those cycles that, you know, our family has been in. Yeah. It's, it's what I was meant to do in this lifetime. Yeah. So thank you so much listeners. Thank you so much, Hannah, for spending time with me today. And if you have any topics, remember, please share them with us um, so that we can address things that are coming up in your relationships. And we appreciate you sharing the podcast, leaving a review, letting us know what you think. And we'll talk to you next time. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening and spending this time with us. We are so glad to be part of your journey. The more people hear about conversations like this, the more healing can take place. If this resonated with you, it would mean so much to us if you shared this episode with your friends and loved ones. Until next time, be well. And always remember, the way you heal the world is to heal yourself and your family.